2: dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Shit's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Hi, my name is Ben Stiller. And I feel excited, yet I'm not holding my breath about being Conan's friend. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just feel like maybe the ship has sailed.
3: Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand new shoes. Walking blues. Climb the fence. Books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell all
0: be friends. Hello there and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, this is the podcast where I search for friends in the world. It's a pretty natural thing to do. And uh, it's working so far. I've made a bunch of friends, very excited about it. I'm joined in my quest by my trusty assistant, Sonna Mossessian. Hey, Sona. Hi, Conan. And Matt Gorley, the producer Extraordinaire. Hi. How's guys? going? Good. Um this is an exciting one. We've talked to a lot of incredible people so far. This gentleman, I met him on Starnet Live way back in the day. He remains one of the funniest people. Ben Stiller. Terrible. I wanted I, to start out on a positive note. No, no, no this is, I I'm <laughs> not holding my breath, but not in a negative way.
2: Uh, no, with, I feel like I want to be your friend. I, I do want to be your friend.
0: I don't but, see what the hindrance well, is. Well, I feel
2: like it just hasn't happened yet. And we've known each other kind of like for like, what, like maybe 30 years. Well, now. I wanted to get into it. We've known each other for a really I long time. I mean, is time. it 30 years? I feel like
0: it's 30 years. Like, I feel like yes, it's back to I, SNL. Yes, I and, can tell you exactly okay. the first time I saw the image of Ben Stiller. I was at Sarnat Live and this tape came in and it was, I think we heard that this new guy might be coming. And I don't know if this is 1989, 88, somewhere around there. This tape came in and all I knew, all I heard was, you gotta see this, you gotta see this. And I watched it and it was you doing a uh, Tom Cruise. Yes, You had had made, and, and it was a takeoff. And I know, I remembered Color of Money being in there Was it all Color of Money, or was it other scenes, too? No, it was a takeoff on the Color of Money called The Hustler of Money. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) And (laughs) it was about bowling instead of pool. (laughs) And it was a short that I made with, I was in a play, uh, a play called The House of Blue Leaves that was running, I guess at that point it was on Broadway, it started at Lincoln Center, and John Mahoney and... Julie Haggerty and Swoozie Kurtz. All these people were in the cast, and it was the play was a big success. I had a small part, and it was like my first job. And I got everybody in the cast to to be in this little spoof
0: that I made, and then I and then got it on SNL somehow. It was so I remember exactly where I was. It was back in the writers' room, and there was a big clunky VCR, and someone had it like on a you know thirty five inch tape. (laughs) You know, back it was back in the day. We had this giant brick, and we fed it in and. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I remember you captured this. Um, it must be out there somewhere, but you you capture this this face that uh, <laughs> that Tom Cruise makes. This sort of joyous cocky. Yeah, yeah, his sort of uh, yeah, his thing, his, his thing trademark. That he was doing in
2: that, and especially in that movie where he was all those scenes where he was playing pool and kind of doing. I think he did some pool cue tricks.
0: Yes, yes, and he's acting like a nun confusing it with cocktail. No, no, no. He's acting like yeah. He, <laughs> he just, just, this was the phase of his career where he took mundane items <laughs> exactly. and treated them like nunchucks. Right. Some was, juggling <laughs> training had come in. Yeah, to play there. exactly. A, he played an obstetrician, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's throwing babies around, and um, exactly. But uh, so I saw that, and then you came in, and one of the first things that you did—it was your creation—was you played the actor who played. Eddie Munster, right. As a kid, and you played him. He's grown up, but my favorite thing is, and he's he's bitter and he's world weary, grown up star, but he still dresses as Eddie I remember Munster. This. Yes, that was the character. <laughs> <laughs> Bitter, <laughs> drunk guy and a monster there. And he's still yeah. dressed as, which is the yeah. most emas- emasculating yeah. thing an adult could wear.
2: I feel like that's the, you know, that sort of the struggle that I think actors have, to you know, where you're sort of trying to, Disavow who you are, but also it is who you are too. You know, and I think that's something that it's hard, right? Like in celebrity, I feel yes. like that's a thing. So it's probably hard because that was part of who he was. I'm trying to analyze Butch Patrick here <laughs> as young. I'm sure he really appreciates that.
0: <laughs> Butch Patrick, if you're out there, comment. that was
2: the theory behind the character.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it was so, uh, and, and and then I could just see you had really uh, funny ideas, but your commitment, your commitment, and to, uh, you were very precise about the things you were doing if you were doing Tom Cruise it was very well observed and very precise and you're doing uh, you know this this grown up Butch Patrick who's bitter about playing Eddie Munster but he's dressed as Eddie Munster it was very precise and i remember thinking cuz starting out live it can be hit or miss at times you know it's a very uh, it's vaudeville you know it's vaudeville and it's live it's and, live yeah and and i remembered when you that's the that, that was the daunting thing for me was the live performing aspect cuz i
2: wanted to make short films that's that was what i felt. you wanted control it wasn't control. I just didn't feel I was as good doing live performing as I was if I could have a few takes and I could, you know, make... I wanted yeah. to...
0: Albert Brooks was who I wanted to yes, be. Yes, yes. Albert Brooks is the... Uh, he's the the white whale, uh, you know, like many sure. people are chasing. And uh, what was interesting to me is that you, you left SNL and you do the Ben Stiller show and the minute that show came out, I thought, yes, here you can have your laboratory where you can get it just the way you want. You can make right. short films. You can get things exactly the way you want them. Yes, and that was yeah purely because that was the only way I really knew how to do it. I never, cause
2: I didn't think of myself as a, a comedic performer, really. Right. I wanted to be—I didn't know. You know, I was
0: trying to figure it out, I think. Like, it's I, funny because I think now people would think of you as a comedic performer. Obviously, you're, right. you're branched out and— but I'm not like a funny guy.
2: Like, I'm, I've never felt, I've said this many times, I've read it back in an interview like this I I'm not a funny guy. I don't think I'm funny. And I know that sounds like, what does that mean, you know? Like, right. obviously I do comedies or I've been in comedies, but I've never felt like I'm a self-generating comedic uh,
0: entity. Right, You right. know, that's not, and I, it, I love, I love comedy. Yes. But. I I'm, guess, I guess, I think for a lot of people listening, that would be a surprise because, It's such a fine line between. You've been so funny. Talk to some critics. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Well, actually, we brought some here. Yeah, bring them on. Come on in.
2: Uh, Um, No, I mean, I. It's just it's a thing that I've kind of like tried to figure out over the years because I always love making movies and I love directing and I I love directing comedy too. I love working with funny people. Yeah. So you know, then actually having to be the guy who was sort of like the center of it, while it was fun as an actor to do it, I never really, it was never really my
0: focus. Like, that wasn't my dream as a kid. It wasn't what, yeah, it wasn't your your passion. So I remember, uh, you do the Ben Stiller show, I go off in my direction, I work on The Simpsons, then I'm doing the late night show, and you really early on started coming by the late night show, and it was fantastic because you would do these fully conceived bits that you would commit to. So you were known and famous as Ben Stiller, but you would come on and fully commit to the fact that you were in a revival of Jesus Christ <laughs> Superstar. With Janine Garofalo. With Janine <laughs> and, and you would, what I loved about it was that there was never any winking or any, you were, no, this is what I'm doing now. And then <laughs> well, you, you and, and, you and Janine, and you had worked out this whole song called What's the Buzz? Right. And you're so passionate. What's the buzz? Tell me what's What's happening. Jesus Christ Superstar fans? I'm obsessed
2: with that that show. It's because my dream would be to play Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar, except I can't sing or dance. But you. Acting questionable. So no, I mean, I, I, but I, so that was a chance. First of all, you let us do it. Oh yeah! So here was this person who we knew, who was basically like one of us, who was hosting his own show. Yeah, which was the amazing thing. That was like the crazy thing. It was like, oh my God, Conan is doing this. He's doing it for real, and he's going to let us do this weird, crazy bit.
0: Yeah, I I remember consciously thinking, I don't know how long I'm going to get to do this because at the time, people thought this isn't going to last, and they're going to. They accidentally gave this guy a show, and so let's do all the things that with our friends that we really want to do. And you kept coming back. It was amazing. I mean, it was amazing you were letting us do it. Oh, I was, uh, I mean, it worked for me too. I just was delighted. You came back and you did uh, a musical parody of Stomp, I remember. (laughs) And you did a number called like, ouch from the show Clunk. It was this whole, (laughs) and. and
2: (laughs) I haven't looked at that stuff since
0: we did it. No, I haven't either. But I bet it holds up. And and, and (laughs) you got members of the Blue Man Group to be in the bit. Yes, and that's right. I, and right. and so everything was really technically worked out. And I just couldn't believe how much work went into all these things. It was a lot of work doing those things. It was, I mean, but it was, I remember thinking it
2: was, at that time, that was, it was fun to do that, yes. to engage yeah. and do that. And I think also probably like better than having to sit and talk and actually be a person. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, you You could hide. Yeah, and try to be funny in that that way.
0: What's what's interesting, though, is I I remember very clearly that you would come and do bits, and a couple of other people over the years would come and do bits who were very good at doing it. The problem was other people would see that, and they would show up at our show who weren't, it wasn't their forte. And they would show up and they'd go, we saw what Ben did, so what I want to (laughs) do... List, is I want to play a character right. named Mr. Muffin, <laughs> <laughs> and you're there talking to Sylvester can, Stallone. Can you name the actor? No, oh, you're, say, you're, <laughs> you're there. Stallone. You're now. there. No, <laughs> it wasn't Stallone. I mean, I, I I'd have to really think about it, and and it isn't even worth throwing certain people under the bus. But it was people right. who. Didn't have comedy chops who would come by and say, um, I've got a thing where I'm a scarecrow who's got a machine gun and it's going to take 10 minutes. And the, and then you have to be a Russian woman. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, no. And yeah. they'd be like, well, Ben Stiller gets to do this
2: on your show. They were like serious actors, right? People who thought they could be. F- I think, you know, like doing that, it's such a like I even look back now thinking about that because I would never want to do that now. Right. Because it's taking such a chance and having to put yourself out there in a way that you just have to really kind of not even be thinking about it that much and just want to have fun doing it. Right. You know? And there are people who are brilliant at doing it, you know, people who are like really brilliant at doing it,
0: like Andy Kaufman and people like that who that was what you know what I mean, they took it to a whole other level. I also and I, think and there might get well, maybe I'll have people that listen to this and disagree, but I think there's a period in your life when you're a certain age and you're hungry for a certain kind of thing. For sure. I was reading the old uh, Playboy interview with John Lennon in 1980, this, and it's, it's a book, and it's uh, this really long, exhaustive interview. And at one point, there's, the guy keeps asking him, well, do you think your work now, you know, could you churn out that kind of work today in 1980? And he said, you know, I'll never be that young and hungry again. Yeah. And yeah.
2: I, I feel and, like sketch comedy is that world. You know, you have to be one at like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Something about when I when you had I, you
2: had Middle Ditch and Schwartz on. Yes, Middle they're Ditch so funny. They are fantastic, and they have that you know they have that energy, and they have that. I mean, and they're just so. I saw them at Carnegie Hall. Did you see the Carnegie Hall show? I did not. No, actually, Lin Manuel Miranda was there, and he said he said that they literally just did a, a perfect three act play, and they did. And yet, how do you like? How do you
0: have the energy and the the just the the balls, really, to do that. I mean, it just to go out there. Mind. Well, that's the thing is, I, I I hear about. I was getting tired listening to Middle Ditch and Schwartz talk about how much intensity and work goes into it because <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, that's I was like that. I was in my in my 20s and 30s. I would... But you, were, you had to be like that. I mean, at SNL or yes, any of those places. I was right? always putting myself in situations where you had to be like that. But even before mm-hmm. SNL, when I was doing improv, I had the energy to go and do improv here in LA in like the basement of a Scientology Center with Lisa Kudrow before either of us had a real gig. And the energy Energy to try and push myself and I'm going to work all day writing uh, comedy and then I'm going to go out at night and I'm going, to, I'm going to try and create this magical improv world. I'm sure we were insufferable. Right, but you took it kind of seriously. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. the thing that is the biggest disconnect for some people in, in the world. of They see people do comedy and they think, oh, they must just be goofy, fun people. And as we both know, if you've seen Steve Martin's work and then talked to Steve Martin, you know that they're deadly serious. And that people that take it really seriously often, they're funny, but they're also very, very serious about, I got to get this right.
2: Yeah, and that, I mean, that's the, I think... The struggle. I don't know.
0: That's I've always I'm just taking it back to me to talk about myself. Oh, uh,
1: because
0: um, g- <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah. Let me. See. Uh, I'm just trying to see what the name of the podcast. <laughs> I don't see your name here. This is why I'm not holding my breath. This is Conan O'Brien. Okay, well, anyway. I, go no, ahead. I'm
2: just saying that I feel like <laughs> I've always felt like there's a pressure or the pressure to be funny and it's hard to, you know, y- like that's the thing. Like people when you're making comedies as a like as a director too, it's the same thing where people don't like if, as the movie, you can make this incredibly nuanced uh you know with the production value and cinematography and all of it and and if it's a comedy, The bottom line is the audience wants to laugh, and that's how they're judging it. And they shouldn't not, because that's why they came to the movie. They want to, you know, say, oh, it's a comedy, I want to laugh. And I've always found that to be almost tougher than anything. Right. And it's it's great when it works, and you strive for it, and you have to work really hard for it, I think. Though there are people and you were talking about it with them that it just like it just flows and like hey let's have fun let's just go out there and have fun and I, I love that attitude but it's almost like a joke even at SNL I hear people like they joke about it go oh, let's just go out there and have fun you know like 30 seconds before you go live on yes, the air and yes. it's like after the grueling you know 90 hour week or whatever they spent to get to that point and everybody's exhausted Yes. and then it's like hey let's just go out there and you know
0: let's just play around my, my head writer whenever I go out at night he just says uh, and he does it to, it's his way of saying of getting on, getting on my nerves, but what he does every night is just, as I'm about to head out, he goes like, yeah, no, hey, just get out there and have fun. Just go have some fun. (laughs) And it's kind of his way of saying, go fuck yourself. It's very, he knows it bugs me. He knows I don't like it. But yet you do, right? You do have to have have fun. You have to. They can tell when you're not. And that's what is amazing
2: to me about what you do is like, you have to go out there every night, no matter what is happening in your life and be a certain way that has to be authentic. Otherwise people aren't going to feel it. So I don't know how you do that. Medication helps. That's not actually, not a joke. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But this format seems to me like, I feel like you don't have to worry about anything getting in your way of being funny, except possibly me right now.
0: No, no, no. What I like about the format is I love talking to people in general, but I really like talking to people I admire who, who do work that I admire. That's the concept. That's really all it is. I
2: also feel like people bring, just listening to the podcast, that people bring different things out of you. You know, like you Mm with Jeff Goldblum, you kind of take on this Goldblumian sort of vibe.
0: (laughs) I I do have a zealot thing where I I, a little bit become the person I'm talking to. And when you're with Jeff Goldblum, it's before long you're
2: going, "Mm." Mm, I know, there's a lot of mmm, and everything is sexual, and it's so good.
0: And you know what, this is true. My, my, My wife's mother, who lives in Seattle, I think she got a little rattled about it. She's like, "Well, it was. It seemed uh, there was something sexual going on." <laughs> she was like, "Mom, mom, that's his joking around." Sure. She's like, "Well, I, well, I mean, it's that's fine, but I mean, I just hope." <laughs> you know, uh, it really rattled even, her. I think
2: there was there was definitely something sexual. <laughs> <laughs> you were there talking was. about it there was, was yes. a, a homosexual <laughs> yeah. love affair between the two. But of I just here, think it'd be fine. really funny.
0: I think my my mother in law was worried that I was going to leave her daughter for Jeff. <laughs> right. Goldberg. right. <laughs> which could be it's possible. right? because oh. he is. He He's has alluring. an amazing closet of clothes that would fit me, mm-hmm. so uh, that would be a big plus right there. Well, He does. <laughs> that's right. You guys are about the same. We're about same the same height, and that's and we, the
1: basis for any strong relationship. There's that's why I married my
0: wife. Clothes. Yeah, that's right. her clothes fit me, and uh, I like enjoying <laughs> wearing them. You know, uh, there's something what? that healthy. There's something that uh, you experience is very different from what I experience. you grew up in show business? Yes. Your parents, uh, this uh, iconic comedy team. And you grew up with that. And I'm wondering, how does that influence? As you're coming along, were you looking at what your parents were doing still or Amir and saying, okay, I, I, I like this aspect of it, but I don't like that aspect, or I, I, I want to be doing what they're doing, or I don't want to be doing what they're doing. I love what they do, but I want to go my own way. How did that all work out? Yes, very nice <laughs> a, so my dad was a microbiologist <laughs> my dad and is uh is a uh, microbiologist That's and, amazing and uh, so different yeah and i um there was never a second where I thought, "Yep, I'm going into the old microbiology game." <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that that wasn't uh, going to happen. So I, I just I never experienced that. I never had the chance to know what it was
2: to not be in a show business family, right? Which I I think is part. I have this sort of weird, um, not obsession, but I really am interested in the suburbs and normal, like quote unquote, normal life because I never had that. In my childhood, because you're in New York City, yeah, Upper Sh- West Side, yep, um, 1970s, uh, yeah. Parents were doing nightclubs, they were doing plays, they were doing variety shows, they were doing game shows. They were going out and like playing Harrah's and Reno, and you know, just just very. It was a very um, you know show business
0: life. Were you backstage when this was all
2: happening? Backstage all the time. Uh, much more interesting to me than my real life than school. I had issues at school. I didn't I didn't like being at school. I wanted to be out on the you know, like going like my parents were doing a, a series for HBO. I wanted to go hang out on the sound stage and watch them do that. Which probably wasn't healthy for me as a kid, you know, because I wasn't interacting with kids my own age. Right. Or I, I was, but I wasn't doing it in a way that was uh, you know, I was I was just wanting to be in, it just seemed more interesting to me. I mean, my mom would do uh, sitcoms like Rhoda, yep. you know, the spin-off of the Mary yep. Tyler Moore show. I'd come out in the summer with her. She had her own show for a seer, uh, season, uh, where she played a lawyer called Kate McShane. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour drama, and I remember being on the Paramount back lot and just just eating it up. Loved it.
0: And you must have seen famous people of that era, definitely. Yes, you like, know, I, yeah. stars of that era just seem so much bigger now. That's just what happens. It's an optical illusion, but it was. And also, when you're that age, they're just.
2: I mean, it, and I was a yeah. Star Trek fan, and so you know, to see William Shatner or. I remember meeting LeVar Burton right after Roots had happened because she was on the $10,000 pyramid with LeVar Burton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Nipsey Russell. Yeah. I mean... um, just it was uh, Burke Convy. I mean, there was all sorts of Tattletales. This game show my parents did. It Just it was. I, I remember it so vividly because it was the colors were so bright and the even just walking on this into this sound stage here, yeah, yeah, that it reminds me of my childhood because that was what it was. These these were the places that they would come in and still has the same smell. The the, the sound stage. No, we haven't cleaned this thing in
0: <laughs> since Tattletale. Didn't
2: sound poetic. No, no,
0: but it, it's it's uh, it's true that you. I mean, maybe that's good in a way because. You kind of fell in love with it, but it also demystified it a little bit, maybe when you were growing up. So I, that you, Maybe. I mean, I feel like I was it was strange. Like I uh,
2: like when my parents did Tattletales, I remember getting really upset when they didn't win because there was they would play for the audience and they would they would divide up the audience. They had like the banana section and the the green section and the you know right, right. red section. And if they lost the audience didn't win money. And I remember literally crying, being upset because I I was embarrassed my parents didn't win <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> That's not true. And
2: Patty true. Duke and John Aston were comforting me.
0: <laughs> they one. And of course, yeah, John Aston, the uh, father on the Adams family. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which was the show opposite the Munsters, uh, co starring right. Butch Patrick. Exactly. It, it all comes around. <laughs> and on that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back.
2: Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking.
1: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off.
4: Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at hero.co with code HERO10 at checkout. That's HERO10 at H-E-R-O.co.
0: We started the whole Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend thing as just a way in. It's just a silly right. way in, but it really quickly became... Connecting with people who I really admire, who I've who I've worked with over the years, but we're always so busy and we're always going different ways. And then you sit down with them and you get to have this conversation. I'm like, I'm having the conversation with Ben Stiller that I've always wanted to have, but we're always so we pass each other and it's like, yes. hey man, how you doing? Hey, it's, yeah, yeah, good, good, okay. Hey, take exactly. care, hug. You know, hug and then SUV. <laughs> vroom, vroom, exactly. You know,
2: especially when it's before a show, before like a show, your show
0: or after a show, and Which then is they
2: just crazy. You know, it's always like coming here. after, after the show, after you guys have done your show, there's a, a weird kind of like post-show energy. You can tell something just happened. Yeah. You know, and there's that thing where I think there's, your adrenaline's up, especially if you're going to have to go and do a talk show. But yeah, I know I feel that, too, because over the years, I feel like we've seen each other a lot. And we've, you know, maybe seen each other on a plane or, you know, yeah, wherever yeah. it is. Or, yeah. you know, but, I follow you around a lot, too. I've sensed that. <laughs> I have sensed have that. Have your people told um, you that I'm? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, you're not noticeable at all. No, know, you and I, you and I, hanging out. I just blend right in. But I, you know, I, I do think it's sometimes hard to connect though with people like that because I always felt it's weird, like just call someone up, like if I was, I, and we, this is like you joke about it and joke about it in the little intro, but like to me to actually call you up afterwards and say, hey, but seriously,
0: let's hang out. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, but that's, I would be. I it would, it would be hard for me to do that
0: yeah okay let's talk about are uh, you uh we don't have to talk about no 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 okay. uh, this is uh, just in general do you think you're a shy person no i don't think i'm shy i think i'm
2: you know i'm insecure mm-hmm. i think Yep. If i'm gonna be honest this is getting really no no but okay. jo- i mean
0: i mean that's this i is- am uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> lost yeah <laughs> i <laughs> but i do feel like i'm not i i, I don't Feel like I'm not one of those people like, I can walk into like a room and go hey you know just like into a party and feel like cool going
0: into a party I don't know alone like I, I, th- I want to go into a party with somebody else I think only a jerk uh, can walk into a situation or, and be completely confident yeah I, I I think that's more common than you would think I notice that if we order something on Postmates and. I have to go to the door and, and get the food that my wife ordered, that my wife ordered on yep. Postmates. When I'm opening the door, I'm feeling ner- a little nervous about talking <laughs> right. to the person. I'm like, sure. my job is to greet people on television in front of <laughs> an, a studio audience and greet them and sit them down. I'm a little worried about how's this going to go with the Postmates guy. Right, and but that's I a have, good thing, though. Yeah, I, but I, but I think that that's um, I don't know. I always check myself a little before I go into a party, and I'd rather be there with someone. Right, uh, but I wouldn't say that. Like I do
2: like to go to parties sometimes. You know, I like I think it's exciting sometimes to meet people and yeah. you know and to and to be in that sort of atmosphere. I think it can be fun. But I, it, it also, it never, it never usually ends up exactly as I think it's going to. Right. I usually end up like at a certain point where I'm just uh, standing alone, wondering why no one else is talking
3: to
0: me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you're standing there
2: alone. Are you holding? But you know anything? that thing at a party a where it's not, it's not like intentional. It's just right. like you've somebody else talked to somebody else, and all of a sudden you're just there, and
0: you're trying to just like act like you belong at yeah. the party, and here's your drink or whatever. Right. And then you have to. I mean, I think that's why the cell phone is the greatest. Invention of all time because uh, you can always pull out your cell phone and act like you got a call. And sometimes uh, I've been in an airport and I'm not with anybody and I'm standing alone and then I get self-conscious that I'm standing alone. It it, it may look weird to people and then I may seem a little vulnerable. So I take out my phone and I start talking until my (laughs) wife comes back from the bathroom wherever she was. And I have these fake calls and I really (laughs) will... I just wish I could press record some time on them because I'll really commit Who to do the you call. talk to. I just say things like, "What's that?" No, 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 no. Tell him that's out. That's out. <laughs> There's no way. And then I say all this stuff. that's just crazy babble. And Sony, you've been around me when I do I this. Have, he yes. really does that. He
1: does. I mean, even uh, not just on the phone, but you know, when we're in an elevator, you'd be like, "Yeah," and that's the time I, I scored the winning touchdown. And it's <laughs> other people are in the <laughs> elevator babbling. But okay. I'll be on
0: the phone and I'll say things like, uh, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Oysters is the the wrong way to go we're not doing oysters I'll tell you something you tell Pelman no tell him tell him tell Pelman if he wants to do it I'll get there but he better he better have the pneumatic with him and it's all bullshit have a specific name and and if you say really specific stuff no one would think you're ever making that up and all I've I've ever wished is that I have some recording of of you making that stuff up it's foolishness I I don't do that I don't go that
2: far (laughs) (laughs) I will pull out my phone I find in elevators it's really tough for me. Like an, I find it very awkward in elevators, yeah. just just to be standing alone, and then people come in, and you know, even if they recognize you, don't recognize you, just standing in a space with people. Yes, for a certain amount of time, it's
0: weird, no matter who you are. And then you add to it, people are going to know who you are, right. Most like if you if they get into a well, an that's elevator. the other
2: factor that yeah, then you can sort of like this kid gave me the finger today.
0: What? Who gave you the finger? A kid gave me the finger. <laughs> Wait, but what? I was
2: visiting a college with my daughter. Yeah, yeah. I, thought I can talk about this here. Yeah, this kid. I was just this kid. Just was like we were leaving the college. It was like it was a nice visit, and this kid. He's like maybe nineteen. Didn't have like it wasn't edgy looking or anything. He just was like sort of like normal. Looked at me and he just went like this I gave you the finger yeah and I literally I did like a double take what, I was like "Whoa, oh, okay what,
0: but, but, but there is no
2: reason for someone I, to give I ben represented Stiller. Something, Ben Stiller represented something to him and I literally like I didn't know how to react because I wasn't expecting it and I sort of leaned into it a little bit because I was walking around. and I said hey hi, hi hi like I just wanted I guess my you want to connect my hackles went up though a little bit and I yeah. was like oh, I just I saw it. like I wanted him to know that I saw did I he wasn't okay with me did he think he okay me. bribery scam yeah that's what I'm wondering <laughs>
0: I don't know what he was
2: thinking <laughs> Was he
0: thinking, oh, Hollywood entitled actor getting their kids into school? Something like
2: that. But he wasn't edgy. He looked, He had like a Lacoste shirt on. And <laughs> then so I, I said, hi, hey, how you doing? And he's, and he's still holding the finger up. And then he's like, and I could tell he got nervous. And he, said, and he started kind of babbling. He said, I, I just wanted to be able to say that I did that. What? And oh. then And then he said, but I also want you to know that I'm a really big fan of your work. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: what, you know what? Oh, so,
2: and, and yeah. yeah and I think he did probably w- went back to his friends and said you know that he gave me the finger I don't know if he said the second part of it I think oh. he edited
0: it Weird. but first of all
2: yeah. but it was it was one of those things where like I couldn't take it it did hurt me a little bit I have to say of course but it then did. I was also like why what is his like what is he what do I represent to him maybe I'm like the man like maybe I'm you know or I'm the guy from this thing or
3: that thing yeah, yeah, or I yeah.
2: suck yeah. I don't know <laughs> but, yeah. but now was, he's
3: gonna hear this and go I don't think he'll hear that uh, he might and then he's gonna go like that's why. I did did this now it's legend. Exactly. you know then, yeah
0: now we've yeah. been cur- now more if he was people wearing are a, give me the finger if he was wearing <laughs> a lacoste shirt eventually he will hear this um, uh, yeah it will be sponsored it's, <laughs> it's just like oh I want to tell people I gave Ben Stiller the finger yes and but they don't know that you're going to spend if you hadn't had that conversation with him I'm guessing you would have thought about that many times over the next few months Yes, and you for would have sure. thought: Are people starting to? Yes, what? Right, right. Am I? Do I represent that? Am I a bad thing? We did a, a completely silly, harmless reference joke once on our show, and I'll actually use the real name because I love the guy, Nathan Lane. This was maybe I don't know, fifteen years ago or something. It was the old late night show, and we did some just completely silly joke where we just need the name of anybody and a writer just threw in nathan lane but it was nothing bad about nathan lane it was nothing it was just we needed a name for something and someone threw in oh yeah nathan lane stole a tractor you know something that was completely random and the next thing i heard later on i heard well they went to book nathan lane and we heard from his people that well he thinks conan's mad at him and i was like what And what happened was someone had just seen that I just mentioned Nathan Lane's name on my show and just thought that it was in a snide way. So the next thing I knew, they had had told Nathan Lane that, who's a lovely guy. And I admire Nathan Lane. So I called him up and he was like, well, I, I know I guess people are, you know, I heard your shows, doesn't like me anymore. Maybe people are turning against me. And I was like, no, who's turning against Nathan Lane? It was just, it made me feel so bad that things get warped through a prism sometimes. Yeah. But we're in all, show in, I don't know. We're all
2: insecure we all actors, are, yes, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I don't think, you know, it has to rule your life, but like when it, there's, it's just, there's some part of you there that's gonna, when that happens, you're like, what, what, Really? You know, exactly. But then, like, here I am, like, you know, I'll do a character on SNL or, you know, do Michael Cohen or something like that. And I I can't imagine what that feels like. It's not, you know, it's not in my nature. Like, I, you know, you have to be able to have some sort of a filter to go, like, this is just like, you know, show business and this is like these things, you know, fly back and forth. I'm not great with that at all.
0: Well, it's if you spent a weekend with Michael Cohen and his family, you'd start to go, oh, okay, oh, man, you know. But I I have the same issue all the time, which is I, for 25 years, I've been making, you know, you make jokes about people, you do sketches about people, and I don't want to really hurt anybody's feelings. I I really don't. Uh, I mean, there's a few people who deserve it, but for the most part, no, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And you have to make that judgment for yourself as you, when yeah. you do your, you know, um,
2: you know, when you would do your monologue or whatever yeah, yeah. it would be, of what feels right for you, right yes. for who you are.
0: Yes. And you have to make that decision, and a lot of times yeah. you have to make that decision very quickly. And that's not
2: easy, like, for to do that what you have to do, because you have to really do, figure out how do I ride that line where I'm being
0: true to who I am, but I also have to be topical and feel like this is what joke, for, that works for me. That's I know. used to have, I mean, sometimes my monologue writers used to automatically want to make fun of any new boy band that was overly popular because there, you know, there's that thing where sometimes comedy writers just want to put down, you know, In Sync, you right. know, <laughs> they suck. And, and, and they would write these jokes about In Sync sucking and I would say, I, I do they? I mean, who? First of all, it's my, my generation's music, but what I don't want to be is I don't want to be. Joey Bishop, the comedian in 1964, right. who's being like, man, these Beatles, get me some earmarks. Exactly, right. I don't want to hear this. Right? I right. mean, with the yeah, 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 and the long hair, <laughs> give me a break. Because it, it always looks horrible. History like, will frown hist- upon you. History will make you look like, uh, you know, yeah. and it's uh, you know, it's Steve <laughs> Allen going, yeah, get this Elvis exactly. guy with his hound dog, right? right? I mean, give me a break. Right. Well, who no, are we there talking is that, about?
2: There's like a Mike Douglas interview with Martin Luther King. Have you ever seen that? No. Because my parents did the Mike Douglas show a lot. That was, you know that show, right? Yes, of course. And yeah. that was like in, in Philadelphia, you yeah. would go and, and my parents would go down, they'd take a, a limousine and they'd co-host for the week, which would be, they'd tape like five shows in a day, I think. Yeah. And Mike Douglas was always like this sort of like, okay, he's like, he's a talk show host. He's sort of like a show business guy. And then in, through my, you know, whatever, eight-year-old mind, that's how I saw him. But then I saw this YouTube clip of him like being really tough on Martin Luther King about his civil rights activism, yeah, and like whether or not he was crossing the line and being—I mean, it was so—it just felt so wrong. Yeah. and you know, it was just through that that filter of that time. You know, people—I'm sure at the time he was just sort of like trying to be have a little substance or you know be more than just you know sort of the you know Mike Douglas that everybody knew. He's going to do a tough interview, but right. like, you look back at it, it's like, oh my god, that's you were so it wrong.
0: It, yeah, and it might have just been. Uh, <laughs> bad timing he might have said you know what someone maybe told him you got to start getting a little tough with people yes so that you've got." And he's like all right <laughs> i'm gonna start today who's on this guy the reverend dr martin luther king all right bring him in here so doctor eh? he's really what are my symptoms yeah. well i'm not that kind of doctor oh a phony are you wow
1: uh,
0: martin luther king which name is it what are you talking about i'm done with you that score one for Mike Douglas and zero for Doctor Martin Luther King. Yes. Yeah, but that's the thing that was always in the back of my head is I never wanted there to be footage around later on right. of me saying oh, his name's Barack Obama. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. how how can
2: you know though? Right? It's all kind of I like actually in, know. Oh, okay.
0: I have that ability to just know. <laughs> That's how you navigated the career that you have. Uh, yes, I have. That's why I'm here doing a podcast <laughs> at the age of 78. <laughs> and interviewing me. <laughs> you look do, you, do you like, thank you, a lot of work. Um, do you like, going back to SNL now is such a different experience than when you and I are there and we're around the conference table in the late 80s, and we're feral dogs, like, oh my God. I want to make it, I want to make it. How are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? Now you're going back in this very different situation, but it's the same building. It's What's crazy. that like? It's crazy, because it hasn't changed in, what,
2: forty. 40- four years, 45 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a totally different attitude towards it. Cause yeah, at that time I, I yeah, it was like, am I going to get my bit on the air? Am I going to get my sketch on? Am I going to get my little short on? And it's your whole career, you know, and you're, and you're struggling with it the whole week and you're, this is now going back in. It, 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 I've had such a sort of a crazy history with the show in terms of just my interactions with it, because I left the show, mm-hmm. and then you know, because I had a chance to do after I did that short, the the Tom Cruise thing. Um, I came on as an apprentice writer and mm-hmm. a featured player, but I only was there for six weeks. And then That's it's, right. It was very short. Yeah, and and I had an opportunity to, to do the short films, and so I left, and that really, you know, forever sort of like just made it a, a strange sort of relationship that Lauren and I have sort of navigated over the years. And finally came back and hosted in nineteen ninety eight, but then in uh, two thousand and one when Zoolander came out, I was supposed to host, and it was right after nine eleven, and I decided not to host, mm-hmm. and that created a little bit of tension there too because. Uh, you know, Lauren felt like he wanted me to host and in retrospect I wish I did host, but at the time I just felt like I couldn't figure out how to do
0: it. Yeah. I could see uh that would be you were in a you were in a bad position, to be yeah, honest. I mean, to be fair, you were in a bad position to to no one who absolutely had to be on TV then, especially doing comedy, uh, would want to be in that situation. Yeah,
2: I wish I had done it, but in, but I didn't. And then anyway, so it, it was. It's been a, 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 an interesting road with Lauren and I, and now you know coming back. Uh, and over the last few years, we've uh, had a great relationship. Which oh, that's is, good. Yeah, I really. And you know, he's such a icon of yep. show business. Um, you know, it's uh, and it really that was my first opportunity. So I'm I'm happy now to come back, and it's kind of fun, but it's also still like incredibly frightening to me to do live performing like it's, that. So I mean, when
0: they're counting it down, and oh you know. my
2: god! And also because they're rewriting all the time, as you know on the show, like literally the the rewriting, the, like the second one we did, I think they were rewriting 30 seconds before we went on the air. God. I mean, it was insane.
0: And then you're hoping. I remember uh, at the back in the day at SNL, a script would change at the last second. You have to go and check the cards, and sometimes. Be being underneath the bleachers, checking the cards as they were coming back from commercial and they're taking the cards away from you and you're kind of walking with the cue card guy to try and make sure that two or three other yeah. lines get changed on the cards and people have no idea They have no idea how, how much, random yeah. and by the seat of the pants it
2: is. Yeah, and how much rewriting is going on and you kind of just have to go with it But and there's nothing like the experience of doing it which is the, the yeah. fun part of it. it is just like, oh, you're doing Saturday Night Live and you know, to be able to say live from New York it's Saturday night it's like, you know that's like every kid's dream.
0: It you likes comedy, because um, you mentioned the miniseries Escape at Dann and Mora. That has got to be sort of a perfect gig for you in a way, because it's as close as you can come to being sort of in com- complete master of your universe, right? In terms of creating this thing, like well, yeah. telling know, this
2: story. it's like a you can just go into it's like a you know, I knew it was going to be like, okay, this is going to be like a year and a half. you know, just to like escape into this world. And I think you know when you're creating something, you're trying to both escape into it, but you're also trying to put yourself into it too. You know, so it's. Did
0: you know when this story broke about these uh, these prisoners escaping, and and how did you know? Okay this is a story I want to tell. I
2: didn't. I didn't even know. I was actually shooting uh, Zoolander 2 in Italy when it happened. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know about it. I mean, it was in the news a little bit. And then the writers came to me with the idea, the guys, that uh, Brett Johnson and Michael Tolkien, and they had this idea to do it. And I, I learned about the story, and I thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, it's, and how did this happen? How did, yeah. this, how did these guys actually do this old-school breakout in 2015 where they like sawed their way through the back of their cells like how does that happen and then learning about tilly the woman that they seduced yes. and that this was all going on and then i you know so the more that i learned about it the more I, I got into it and then just you know yeah being able to dive into it and then just go okay let's find out as much as we can and find out the reality and go to the real place and you know
0: uh, it, it was uh and, and not be in it as a as an actor It's awesome to see someone get to a point where I can't conceive of something you wouldn't be allowed to do at this point if you wanted to do it. I was surprised actually doing this,
2: having this experience of working on this thing because I feel like uh, I thought maybe because I hadn't done a drama that people might be a little more like resistant to it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but that's... but I feel like people just want to see something if it, if it works for them, you know. They don't, they're not judging. I'm thinking who directed something. You know what I mean? Like most people don't even know that there's a director that, right? They know the word director and what you know. It, that's a movie director.
0: They make the thing, but I don't think people are thinking about that when they watch something. That's why you always need to have a cameo in anything you do, right now. <laughs> and in your cameo, unlike My Hitchcock, Hitchcock yeah. unlike Hitchcock, you have to walk into frame, look right at the camera, <laughs> and a slight nod, and then walk off. That's your way yeah. to say, "Yeah, I should have done that on this <laughs> one." <laughs> ben yeah, yeah. Stiller presents Escape. <laughs> they're, tunnel- they're, they're tunneling out, and just your head leans in the frame, <laughs> and gives a quiet. Keep numb. going, yeah. keep going. I <laughs> hope you're enjoying. Yeah, it's me. Back to direct. <laughs> this critic loved it. I've had one problem during the tunneling scene. I'd, <laughs> I'd almost forgotten Ben Stiller was directing this. Yeah. When you look at yourself in a funny scene from a movie, can can you make yourself laugh? Like can you I'm thinking of specific in Zoolander when you're with your friends. <laughs> It's one of my favorite things in a movie and you're, you're at the gas station and you're such right. idiots and you start throwing gasoline on each other for right. fun. It is one of the funniest things I've seen in a movie. Yeah. If you see that, if I was watching that with you, would you chuckle at that or would you just be sort of staring? And I, don't, I don't, honestly don't know the answer. Um,
2: not really. I, 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 I chuckle at the, the fact that we did that. You know what I mean? Laughing just like... No, like the same way I chuckled it. <laughs> <all right. laughs> it's not a <laughs> something you should That's do. It's the greatest <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> But I also chuck the same way I like laugh at the fact that we did Jesus Christ Superstar yeah. on your show, yeah. like the fact that we actually did that. Yeah. You know, I, I did stumble onto there's something about Mary the other. Day and I hadn't seen it like in a long, long time. And uh-huh. I watched and I ended up watching it for like 15 minutes. And I and I and I was laughing at scenes, not like me being funny, but just like this, like like Matt Dillon is so funny. In that yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny, yeah. Um, or like there's you know, just a scenes that I'm in where I go, okay, yeah, that 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 felt like it was working. I'm, I'm not like there, like, oh my god, you know, I, it I, would be bad. I said, like, I'm not screwing it up, like you know, right. I, I watch and go, well, that
0: worked, you know, that right. worked. Well, I was gonna say, it would be bad if you were saying. Oh my God, I'm so funny in this. Get in here everybody, look (laughs) at me. Well, I do that with my kids. <laughs> and they I hate it. to throw him under the bus, but John Lovitz, oh, he's just someone who's like, look at this. Look what I did. And you're like, yeah, but you're, you're really funny, it. John. That's Janice. who is. You is. Know, yeah, he is that guy, and I'll say that to his face, but he was yeah. the kind of person who he'd come in and see himself in a classic SNL sketch mm-hmm. and be like, look at that. It doesn't get better than that. That's right. <laughs>
2: by, by the way, John Lovitz is the person who brought the video cassette of the Hustler of Money up to Lauren. Oh, you're kidding! And Jim Downey to look at when I was trying to get it Good on for the show. Yeah. Good for him. So, I'm yeah, yeah. thankful to him for
0: doing. Yeah, that. he's a very sweet guy, uh, but uh, and but certainly but not ashamed of any of his best work. <laughs> which he shouldn't be. But no, I That's just not I, me. Yeah. I think of you. There's there's so many scenes throughout your career where you've really made me laugh. Uh, the scene uh, in Meet the Parents, <laughs> where I mean, my wife and I have watched the scene. There's so much in that movie that we love. But when you're you're finally just going home on your own and you're being asked by that flight attendant to to wait at the gate, and you're so great in that scene. And I was thinking, oh, I hope Ben is able to look at himself sometimes because you've given me a lot of joy. You've given a lot of people a lot of joy. I hope you're able to like look at, watch yourself and chuckle sometimes. That would be a shame if you couldn't. No, I can sometimes. I mean, like
2: like in that movie, if it's a scene with De Niro, Mm -hmm. because I just, you know, it's Robert De Niro. Yeah. So when I see that, like I'm in a movie with Robert De Niro, still-
0: Yes. (laughs) I'm very- You still like that? You still think, wow. For sure.
2: Yeah. The fact that like I'll occasionally get an email from Robert De Niro is very exciting to me.
0: That is- like this, you know yeah, yeah. But, he, but,
2: but to see yeah to, so to be in a scene like that with him and see him and the dynamic is funny to me and like I said if I see like a scene where I go I didn't screw that up or the timing was good or something like that you know right I can't I can appreciate it but you know I'm not going to dwell on it too because then you dwell on it too much then you you're like wow that was
0: 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> So what have you done since Stiller? Fascinating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's so funny. You've done a lot. But, <laughs> I know, but, you, but know you know what's crazy it, right? is that, that's the that is the if there is a common thread in this show, it's finding out how many people I really admire who've had an incredible amount of success are worried, not dwelling on it, and a little anxious and insecure about it all. And that is the thing that binds a lot of people together in this business, yeah,
2: I think it's a human thing. I think yeah. it's really human, and it also does push you forward to it's just the, it's the balance of it because if it overtakes you, then that's not healthy and not good. but if it pushes you forward to go, okay, what am I because I'm most happy when I'm doing something uh, creative when right. I'm in process because like conversely, I'd say like the, my usually the favorite thing that I worked on is something that I' just finished working on right you know yep. so it's like being it's like that thing where you just go okay well, I, I want to figure out what's the next thing that's going to you know feel creatively challenging and stimulating or exciting and
0: it's sentenced in end. <laughs> And then I heard, I don't know if you can hear that, but oh, you can hear Jesus. you kind of swallow. Did you hear my swallow? <laughs> Did everyone hear the swallow? Make sure we uh, oh, make God. sure we hear that swallow again, because that really- <laughs> The uh, swallow of desperation and pain. <laughs> and uh, this was great. And it's crazy to me that after all these years, the way we can sit down finally and really have a conversation- I know. I, I really- I When really, there's a bunch of- I like it. Podcast like microphones around. So um, let's go out for real. Okay. And I'm going to need it. to record that too. <laughs> okay. Because you understand. <laughs> This is a financial windfall for me. <laughs> There's hundreds of dollars. I want this. to just hear you do your fake phone calls by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mulroney? No. Tell him the cinnamon's out. It's just whatever. And he knows it, too. It's always leaning into it. No, no, no. He's tried it before, and he'll try it again. Nope. Tell him the turban didn't work either. It's all Woolridge, if you ask me. And then people are just like
2: pneumatic pneumatic drills. There's pneumatic a, some drills. sort of engineering theme happening. Yeah, there's always drills.
0: There's always yeah. There's always and me insisting uh, whenever people are whenever I'm with Sona and there are other people around. If Sona and I are in an elevator, it's it's me. They get on the elevator and I'm like, just find the file. We need the file. <laughs> yeah. And if they can't find it, see if Hennessy knows where it is. And there's no files. There's no. But I'm obsessed with like a filing system. Right. That's and, like the plot. To Every mission impossible mission.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Find the file. Um, um, and also I wanted to mention that you you you're more than his assistant though, right?
1: I'm well. well you're I'm like your, a sidekick, what am I, your friend.
2: Well, I feel like you're a sidekick now, oh. and you she deserve is. to be paid as such. Oh, That's all. thank you. Oh. And you guys were talking about payment in the other, uh, thank Sona's, you. Getting, Sona's
0: getting a little uh, some, some some financial scratch. okay, okay, get some scratch
2: on the side. Sure. It's not but just like the cute kind of folksy. Hey, this is my assistant who comes on the podcast. Like you're actually working.
1: I am, but right. I am okay. also doing his schedule. I am his assistant. She is yeah. my assistant,
3: and that works life. out. Yeah. Also,
1: and we're does it work out okay? Yeah. No. No.
2: Because I have a new assistant, and I'm wondering if I should start
0: a podcast with her. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Maybe.
0: Uh, Yeah, it it is funny because this is... An incredibly honest relationship I've had with Sona. We've been together nine years.
1: Yeah, and ten. That's
0: a long time for an assistant. And yeah, and she's not going anywhere. We've tried to move her along, and yeah, uh, she I've re- tried she, to leave. <laughs> 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 just kidding. And it's just now no, you can't. And we're just wherever I go, people want to know where Sona. So oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's
1: very nice. Yeah, but yeah, I mean on this podcast, I'm, I'm pretty sidekicky. Wherever no, I go, I think yeah.
2: it's good. It works really well. The whole energy. Thank you. you. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: and then Matt. Gorley over here is always yeah. uh, uh, oh, here know, we just, go. Well, no, you know he's a little bit of a, you know, uh, got a hipster vibe oh, going God. on. And, uh, <laughs> it's just because you no, know, he's a always beard. it's the beard. It's yeah, the beard. Right. and well, I don't even normally have a beard. That's and he also is always bringing in a craft brew. And <laughs> you loved. had a beard stage for a while. Yeah. I did have a beard yeah, stage. and look yeah. at the
3: skinny tie and tight jacket here. Uh, can you? Can I just uh, get a witness? A Wes Anderson thing. Thank you very much.
0: And I was in the Pretenders in 1979. Uh... Yeah, this is um, this is a delight. This was oh, really man. nice. This Great was really fun. You. And you know Great what? When when I heard that you were listening to the podcast and enjoying it, I was thrilled.
2: I have so. to say, there are a lot of podcasts now. Like there are yeah. a lot. Yeah, and I've gotten into a couple, but I don't. It's a, the same thing like with television shows. I don't have that much bandwidth to really stick with things. I just, it's not like intentional. I just find myself dropping off. But like this one, literally, like I felt like you laugh out loud. Oh, that's well, I nice. Laugh out loud. And there aren't that many that you know that you laugh out loud like that. Thank you. We're going to use
0: that in our advertisement. Um, You could check with my people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yeah, I see how it is. Possibility. (laughs) Oh, okay. Or we could just use it, and then maybe your people wouldn't know. When you record our dinner, we can talk about (laughs) (laughs) all of it.
1: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod50 for 50% off.
4: Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste.
3: Last time we recorded, I mentioned something that I had that you seemed interested in. So, Will, if you could bring over the uh, object in question here. Thank you. Will hands it off to Aaron. Aaron hands it off to me, and I hand it. Oh, here we go. Okay. grab that documentation too so he doesn't call it into question
0: okay i am taking a look now as i recall you said that this was the private telephone that was in dwight d eisenhower president dwight d eisenhower's summer residence while he was uh, in office is that right that's right yeah and then you've got letters that say this is this is this is cool uh, that's what it says. Let him t- <laughs> oh, Newport White House is what it says. It says Newport White House. Was this Newport? This was his
3: summer, like, you know, like Mar-a-Lago is to Trump. This was his summer White House. And Please this, don't ever, I understand. Liken,
0: the man who no, gave I the okay would. at the D-Day invasion. I never would. And rescued Europe to Donald Trump. <laughs> this was on his own desk. And this is a very cool phone. It's kind of a, I just want to put it to my ear, forgetting that I was wearing headphones. That was the clank of an idiot. This is very cool. It's from the New England Telephone and Telegraph Company. It's got that smell of an old phone. It's kind of a pea soup green phone. It says Newport White House. And there's all these documents at President Eisenhower's personal telephone at the Summer White House in Newport. I love this stuff. Yeah. This is really cool. Just to think that someone, this was sitting on Dwight Eisenhower's desk, his summer residence, right? Yeah. So he had just been to the beach. Right. And he was probably uh, trying to get the sand off of his feet. There might've been a starfish that had gone down his bathing suit. He's trying to wiggle that out. (laughs) He's like, oh, starfish, starfish in the bathing suit. And he's (laughs) wiggling his butt to try and get that to fall out. But you know how those things cling on. on. And then... (laughs) And he picked this up, just as I'm picking it up right now, and he held it to his famous Eisenhower scowl. What? What is it? What's going on? It's Mamie. Mamie Mamie Eisenhower, my wife Yeah, I know who I am I know, I'm just laying out information Oh, okay Mamie, I've got a starfish in my bathing suit Again, Ike? Yes It's clinging to me If I had a dime Oh my god At least I'd have Roosevelt now, he could party Can't get it off, shaking I'll be right over,
3: I'm in the next room for Christ's sake Why are you
0: calling me from the next room instead of just walking in?
3: Well, you just got that new phone installed, I wanted to try it
0: Okay, well... Well, hey! Uh, where's our daughter? We sent her to D-Day. What? Oh, my God. He didn't send his daughter to D-Day oh, invasion? Oh, I have that wrong. That's insane. It was Iwo Jima. Did he have a, d- yeah, he had a daughter. Sure it was- he did. Yeah, do you know that stuff, Mr. Smart Guy? Wait, who are you talking to? Oh. You're always going on about this mad gorley character. <laughs> who is this? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sometimes I, you know, I'm famous for, uh, some of the, uh, cerebral issues that I've had oh as president. God. That's what you We sent our daughter to DJ. Oh, my God. Why
3: don't you just will the phone to him and make sure it
0: ends up in his possession? I'll will it to him, all right. Why are we still talking to each other when you're just in the next room? (laughs) Why don't you come in here and get this starfish off my ass? I'll
3: be right. And why end.
0: is this improvisation so labored and unproductive? <laughs> I know. Have you never had an improv class, Mamie? As a matter of fact, I have. I studied with Viola Spolin. Oh, really? I didn't understand. I? <laughs> well, anyway, as you know, I'm serving an eight-year term because I had two four-year terms. I also, you know, I'm building the nation's highway system, Amy.
3: Yeah, are you as worried about the industrial-military complex as I am?
0: Well, I'm going to talk about that in my farewell address. Oh. But uh, we'll talk about that later on, and it will be featured as part of Oliver Stone's movie, JFK.
3: Well, okay, come on in here, and let me get that starfish off.
0: No, is that uh, <laughs> yes. code for anything? <laughs> or are you really just going to take the starfish off? No,
3: I'm wearing my kimono. Um.
0: I find this very inappropriate. Well, I'm having this phone ripped out of the wall right now, and I'm going to send it off to that imaginary gorley freak. Someday, when radio comes back in a less efficient form as something you get through a personal computer... A what now? You'll see. I will uh, make sure that Gourley gets it, because he'll have a what's called a podcast. And how do I watch it? Yeah, he'll work for a genius, but he won't know it. He'll just... Henpeck him to death With little facts
3: He sure will Yes
0: Well, I better hang this phone up now Bye Bye, I love you What? I love you That's not something couples said to each other in the 50s
3: I know, but I want this to go out on a podcast in the future when it's okay
0: Okay Well, there you have it (laughs) Goodbye, everybody
3: Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend With Sonam Obsession And Conan O'Brien as himself Produced by me, Matt Gorley Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blayert, and the show is engineered by Will Beckton.